Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Okay, fair warning. I am once again at the shores, kind of unplanned. Um, It's supposed to be really nice this weekend. My dad and my stepmom are not going to be here. I have a wedding, so I figured I would come down. The issue is, is that I can really hear traffic (laughs) from where my dad's place is. And I'm just noticing this, you know, right now. And I apologize if you can hear this. I'm recording this on Friday night. I just watched um, some gymnastics. If you don't know, I'm like super into gymnastics right now. I've always been, I mean, I always like to watch it at the Olympics and I would like sometimes watch some other stuff. But in the last couple of years, I've gotten pretty into watching it. I would say I have a 34% understanding of the sport, which is actually quite high because it's really fucking hard to follow gymnastics if you never did gymnastics. Um, Chelsea Memel is a 30, well, she'll be 33 at the end of this month. She is a formerly retired elite gymnast world champion. Olympic uh, silver medalist, I believe. I don't think she has a gold. Uh, But she retired in 2012, had two kids, got married, was judging gymnastics, coaching. And then in the pandemic time, she started fucking around in the gym. And (laughs) tonight she just fucking rocked it in champions and championships. It is truly one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen in my life. It's one of the few things that brings me joy these days. Chelsea and Bunny, the talking dog, are like really the only things from 2020 that make me feel good. And uh, I cried watching Chelsea's gymnastics tonight, which I did not think I would ever cry watching gymnastics, but watching her husband crying the stands as she stuck her bars dismount was just too much for me. Too much. You know, gymnastics is just such an abusive sport and um like they really just abuse the shit out of little kids little girls specifically I don't follow men's gymnastics so I don't know what they do to the men but they just break down the bodies of little girls and to watch a 32 year old woman compete with 16 to 20 year olds is just it's just beyond it's It's so inspiring. I suggest you guys watch. Obviously, Simone Biles is killing it. And she's just, I mean, she's just the most incredible to watch. But I would definitely say, like, if you are someone who likes an underdog story, you should turn into trials and watch Chelsea Memel. And then stay past the Olympics because she's not going to make the Olympics team and watch her in Worlds 2021. Okay. This is not a gymnastics podcast. It's absolutely not a gymnastics podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about the show Teen Mom, which is tough. (laughs) It's a tough show right now. I mean, it's always been a little tough. It's been getting tougher. I, I feel like I say this a lot on this podcast and I never actually end up really having to do anything about it. But right now I'm like really contemplating, um, not quitting this podcast, not that I'm going to, it's not, I'm not like contemplating not doing my podcast, but I am contemplating what I do do from here because I like hate this season of Teen Mom 2. It's not just a chore to watch. It's always kind of been a chore to watch because the reality is I have to like take notes. I can't just sit back and like have it playing in the background. I actually have to pay attention and that's tough for me for a lot of reality shows. 
it's not that it's a chore. It's just like deeply uninspiring. I just don't feel inspired to come on this podcast and talk about this. I'm really, you know, not that into like the online drama of it all anymore. Uh, Really, the only person that still has like scandals and shit online is Janelle. And I... I just can't follow her shit. Janelle went on Candace Owens. Like, I can't engage with that. The thing for me is, like, once somebody crosses a certain line of hatred, I'm not interested in following that because it just makes me rage. Janelle's always been a bad person. She's always been hateful. It's kind of hard for me to explain, and I'm not quite sure where the line is. Like, I don't know if it makes total sense where my line is, but I just like I can't bring myself to care about what her and David are doing because like all of the drama I see about Janelle is like her going on Candace Owens, her posting that COVID test gives you cancer, posting some racist bullshit. And it's just like there's no point in following this. There's nothing interesting about it at all. It's just watching a racist, hateful bigot be a racist, hateful bigot. And to me, there's nothing redeeming in that. Like, I need to be interested in drama. I need there to actually be an interesting story to go along with it or like a compelling reason that I want to watch this character, even if that character is online. And I just don't see it with Janelle anymore. And none of the other moms are really doing anything that interesting. Brie got engaged, apparently, which is question mark, question mark, question mark for me. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't really know what my plan is. You know, I don't know what my feathers and my hair plan is. I guess I could start alternating a throwback episode each week might be an idea. You know, like I could do because tonight I'm going to talk about two episodes. So there's actually like something to talk about but I can't like I don't want to do a podcast about something that I am not interested in it's one thing if I hate it because if I hate it then I care about it right like I most of the stuff I consume I hate but I like to snark on it it's fun that's what my whole fucking patreon is (laughs) Liz explains it all. Patreon.com slash Liz explains. It's a lot of it is stuff that I hate, but like it, I'm snarking on it. And so it's fun. And it's the way that Teen Mom was for me. And now it's just boring. I'm feeling apathetic towards it, which I don't like. And I don't think it's interesting to listen to a podcast of somebody being like, okay, well, then this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened. Like, what's what's the point in that? Right? Like, there, there's no point in that. So I don't know. I don't really know what I'm going to do. Obviously, this isn't like, should I stop feathers my hair? I feel like I've at least once a year I have this on air struggle of like, I fucking hate this show and I don't know what to do about it or I'm apathetic about this show and I don't know what to do about it. So, you know, maybe like some big scandal will happen in the next couple weeks and I'll feel like really plugged into it. (laughs) I just need something. I need a morsel. I need a small morsel of something to cling on to. I because it, Brie getting engaged is not it for me. It's not it for me. What's up with her and that guy? She has not been with that guy that long. And they had a breakup because she started doing OnlyFans. Did you guys know this? Like at one point she made an OnlyFans 
and was like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this because me and Javi, Javi, too, broke up. But now they're back together and getting married. I'm going to just talk about Brie right now because Brie confuses me. Brie is very, what's the best way to say this? She's very cagey, right? She's very private. She's very private. We really don't know a ton about Brie and her life. We see her, we actually saw a different friend this week. A friend went with her to go to the tattoo parlor. But like for the most part, we see um, Brie's mom. We see Brie's sister. We see her kids. We see Devoin. And then we see Shirley. And that's really it. I don't think she likes to be on TV. (laughs) Honestly, I bet Brie would be one to quit the show. I think Brie really would quit the show. I think if she has her money right, like if she has what she needs, she would quit the show. Apparently, she's moving out of the house and into a place with Javi, which makes sense. She's always said that that house was for her mom and that her plan was to get a different house. I kind of wonder if she'll let Nova stay with Roxanne. (laughs) I mean, Nova's lived with her her entire life. Stella has too, but she's littler. And so I think she could be more flexible and leaving. But like, that's going to be a huge fucking change for Nova not to live with Roxanne. I'm not sure if that is really an option for Nova. We know she's so sensitive. Brie's just like, she doesn't put anything about herself on the show. And a big part of it is because she's, I think she's very shy. Like, I think Brie's actually a very, very shy person. And so I think her natural, like, default state is private. I think a lot of shy people are quite private about their lives. Obviously not everyone. But I do think for the most part that if you're a very shy person, like, it's easy for you not to talk about yourself, right? And... So I think Bree's just really shy as part of it. I think the other part of it is that she, I bet she's always been like this would be my guess. I would bet she's always had like a secret boyfriend that she wasn't telling anybody about. She also comes from like a loud ass nosy family. So I think she's just gotten like really good at hiding, if you will, like hiding her stuff until she's ready to talk about it. And it doesn't lend itself very well to a reality show. <laughs> When she's like, the guys I date don't want to be on this show. It's like, okay, so could you date someone new who wants, could you go find Matt Bear? Could you get back with Javi? Uh, What's his last name? Marquin? Could you get back with Javi number one? Like that, that might be interesting. (laughs) This new guy is not interesting to me. Um, I've seen a lot of people like really prejudge him. They've called him a thug. You know, just like the classic racist bullshit that always gets spoken about in this fandom. I personally think that he, I don't know, I feel so indifferent to him. He didn't really have a winning personality as far as being on the show, but Brie made it pretty clear he just like isn't that interested in being on camera. But like, he's a tattoo artist. It's okay if he has face tattoos. Like, he is in one of the few professions that it's okay to have face tattoos. I just hope that, like, she's actually happy with him. Here's one thing about Brie is that I do not think she'll get married unless she really wants to. I think Brie is somebody that can call it quits. I think that's actually, like, an um, admirable quality in Brie is that once, like, she's done with you, she's able to be done with you. I remember even, um, do you remember this, when Kale was pregnant with Lux 
And I guess Kale, I guess Bree and Javi got together like, yeah, because I remember Baby Lux came with Kale to that reunion. So I think that Bree and Javi got together like a little bit after this. But I remember Kale was saying something like I watched Brianna's shows and like she was able to just like cut off Lewis and just like totally end it. And I don't understand why I can't do that. And it's so hard for me to do that. And I, like, I think Kale's right. Like, I think Brie is really good at just like cutting people out when she needs to. And I don't, how did I get here to Brie cutting people out? I just like blacked into what I was saying. I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. I'm recording this kind of late because I was just watching gymnastics and like I had a full day at work and <laughs> I drove down the shore. So I don't know. Is my brain a little spacey? Maybe. Maybe it is. Um, so the first episode is just Brie meeting, like introducing Javi to Javi number Javi two to the storyline, essentially. She says the kids have met each other. They but he hasn't met her family yet, which I think to me means she's not that serious about him. I think that she is obviously once she's serious, she'll bring him around her family. I mean, I'm sure he's been around her now if they're engaged. I just engaged. <laughs> oh, I was saying Brie won't get married if she doesn't want to get married. So I'm not that concerned about her engagement because I think that if this guy's like not the one that she wants, she's not going to actually marry him. Brie is not that type, but I do think it seems like they're rushing. I don't think they've been together even a year. And Brie's young. Brie's, I think Brie's like 26 or 27. She's three to four years younger than the, um, like the Teen Mom OG girls. And I think two years younger than the Teen Mom 2 girls. Girls, 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 they're women. And so she's young. So I, I just, I don't see her rushing into marriage. Okay, so <laughs> the second the second episode, well, which one does Kale meet Devoin in? I I'm very Okay, Kale okay, okay. There's a lot of crossover in the second episode in that Bree and Jade are together and Kale and Devoin are together. So basically the second episode is about Jade getting plastic surgery. And this was like <laughs> was I supposed to care about this I'm watching this and like Jade's talking about how nervous she is I'm so nervous I have a panic disorder it's gonna hurt so much I'm like okay so don't get a Brazilian butt lift <laughs> like, I don't feel any empathy for Jade in this like okay so if you feel that way like if you are that scared like just don't get it. You you don't need to get it. By the way, she did not go to Dr. Miami like Brie did, so hopefully her results are better. I feel like I don't trust any of Jade's result pictures. Jade is one of the worst like filters on Instagram. Kayla actually from Team Young Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, which I mean, I guess that's gonna come back in August, supposedly. Oh, and I think I saw that they added um the girl. The girl whose dad built her the tiny house. I believe I saw that. That that girl from 16 and Pregnant, like the new season, episode one. Maddie, I think her name was. I believe she's going to be joining, which is interesting. Apparently, she's a COVID denier, which like, yeah, <laughs> we all watched her episode, right? Like, are we 
surprised she's a COVID denier. I think people really liked her, though, after her episode. And so they were upset when they realized she um, had some questionable viewpoints, which fair enough, fair enough. But I think that will be a nice dynamic. Um, Her dad was lovely, at least in the capacity of like parents on this show. I thought it was really interesting the dynamic they had, like living on that fucking compound with her dad's best friend's parents like that (laughs) that real mess of a living situation I think is very interesting she had that terrible boyfriend so yeah I think that she will be a good addition to the show um you know between Kayla who else is on the show Brie I why can't I remember like anybody's name on this show holy shit I have Swiss cheese holes for my brain right now Do you guys remember the MTV True Life episode, True Life, I'm Addicted to Ecstasy? Now, remember, remember to my young listeners, I don't know if I have any young listeners, but if I have a young listeners, ecstasy is what we used to call MDMA. It was in a pill form and it got mixed with meth. I mean, I'm sure that MDMA now Molly does, but I... That's what ecstasy was, essentially. So I specifically remember this episode of True Life. I'm addicted to ecstasy. And this girl was in early recovery. And she went to get an MRI on her brain. And it showed she had, like, her brain had holes in it. And I remember them saying it looked like Swiss cheese. And that didn't stop me from doing any drugs obviously, especially ecstasy. I fucking love doing ecstasy. Ecstasy was like truly one of my most favorite, funnest drugs. The first time I did Molly, which was like way back in the day and it was actually like real pure shit. That was incredible. Um, But I do remember being like, oh shit, like that would be bad if my brain looked like that. And anytime I'm feeling like I can't remember things I'm just feeling a little discombobulated. I think of my brain looking like that MRI. Speaking of, when the fuck is MTV or Paramount, whatever, Viacom, going to put on the Paramount network thing their like back catalog of fucking true life and real world? I I have all the time people being like, oh my God, real world's on the Paramount network. And I'm like, yeah, real world seasons one, two, and three, which are seasons I don't care about. Well, I think one, two, three, and four are on there. I think through London is on there, right? Because I think it goes New York, LA, San Francisco, London, and then they go to Miami. Miami is the first real world season that I started caring about. That actually aired before I started watching, but they still would play like marathons of that regularly. I didn't, they didn't really play a lot of pre-Miami real world if you were all remember like on their daily their day their all day marathons that they used to air all of the time they didn't really show like I did watch LA a little bit I remember watching episodes of LA I've never really seen San Francisco even though I know it's like the iconic one but I want to see the ones I care about which is really seasons five through ten ten is when they go back to New York And after that, it gets a little shaky. But like, I just want to be able to watch these shows and I really want to be able to watch True Life. I it's because they don't have the fucking music rights. I get it. I know why it's not up there. But like, I would pay a lot of money to watch these shows with fake music in it. Like, cut the music. Give us what we want, MTV. Please give us what we want instead of like 
fucking I just saw <laughs> they announced today. I don't know if it's going on MTV or just on to like the Paramount thing that Snooki, you heard it right, Snooki Nicole from Jersey Shore is getting a spin-off of Ridiculous. I believe called messiness in which it's, I guess the same concept of ridiculousness or whatever that fucking show is called with Rob Deirdrick and Chanel West coast, which every time I see on Twitter often that like, I guess MTV just runs episodes of that like all day long, which makes sense. It's been on the air for a very, very long time and they probably own all the rights to everything they show on it. And it's like not, that topical I think I think it I mean they're just like it's America's funniest home videos is what that show is right like it's just America's funniest home videos so they can air it over and over again but I guess Snooki is going to be hosting a spinoff of it which originally somebody reminded me was actually supposed to be hosted by Jake Paul and Tana Mojo which I totally forgot about if you want to hear me talk about Tana Mojo, I definitely did an episode on her. That was actually really good on my Patreon. I've talked a lot about Tana. She's very much part of the YouTube world that I'm interested in. I just heard this big like expose, if you will, on BuzzFeed on Gabby Hanna, the Gabby show. This is a little detour. Look, this fucking show sucks. We're going to talk about some other things. Uh, <laughs> and it was trying to explain why people hate this YouTuber. And I just want to go on record and say that I don't like almost any cultural critics commentary, like professional cultural critics commentary on YouTube. I think that they inherently do not understand the platform. Even someone like Taylor, Taylor Lorenz, who really fucking fancies herself to be the smartest person on earth when it comes to internet stuff. I just feel like they don't quite get it. And I feel like they explain it. They do. They try too hard to do like an explain like I'm five and they miss stuff. And what I'm saying is that I'm the only good YouTube commentator. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is that actually like if you want to know about YouTubers, go on YouTube. Look, I know that sounds very simple, but I don't mean to watch them watch drama channel videos on them. I like I know it. it's like, well, I'd rather read like a real journalist write about it in the New York Times or on BuzzFeed, but they just don't get it. And I personally think like nobody does a better job explaining YouTube drama than YouTube drama channels. They understand the culture of YouTube. And I think what a lot of cultural critics miss they're always trying to examine, like, why is this person hated? Why is this person hated? And I think what they, like, it's often framed as sexism. And I mean, yeah, that, like, all of that shit plays into it. But I think what they miss is that um, as long as you like a YouTuber, as long as a YouTuber is likable, they can do anything and nobody cares. <laughs> I think that people don't get that. I think that it's very hard for people to understand that, even though it's really what all celebrity is, right? Like, it doesn't matter if Gabby Hanna scandal-wise hasn't really done that much bad stuff compared to other people because she's just not likable. And that's what it is. Full stop. She is not a likable person. So people latch on to hating her. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a fucking mess. Oh my God. Let me take a really quick break and then I'll get back to talking about the show Teen Mom. 
Anyway, I think I was talking about Jade and her Brazilian butt lift and how Bree's whole episode is about her going to support Jade in Miami because she's like, well, I went through it. I know what it's like. I'm like, this is a weird storyline. <laughs> Bree and Shirley go, which if you'll remember, Shirley and Bree got their little matching surgeries. And I just, I mean... I just don't, I just really don't get it. I don't get why Brie would go there. I don't really get us needing to know that Brie and Jade are friends. I could live the rest of my life without that. I will say the one thing I appreciated is when Shirley and Brie called Jade out for leading on Sean. <laughs> They're like, okay, but like you're acting like you're going to get married to him. <laughs> I thought that was good. But yeah, that's Bree's whole thing. She has a new boyfriend. And I, I do hope that he's on the show more. And I hope that he's personable. The thing is, like, they really should show more Devoin. Okay, so let's talk about Devoin. Who, Devoin's greatest complaint in life is that they do not show him enough on Teen Mom. If you go and look at his Instagram, Devoin has fangirls. Oh, does he have fangirls? I mean, he's cute. He's probably the cutest guy on the show I'm like running through my head I mean I guess Cole I like would be a better looking than Devoin I mean that's up for debate but like as currently on Teen Mom 2 and even Teen Mom OG Devoin is probably one of the better looking men on this show not just dads but like men on this show I'm trying to think if there's anybody cuter and I'm I'm just not sure I don't think he's I don't think he's like beautiful like you wouldn't see Devoin and be like oh my god I fucking love you but he's definitely one of the more attractive people on this show a show filled with not that attractive people and Brie is very hateable like people fucking hate Brie I personally don't really get it I don't think Brie is that hateable I don't I don't think she's that likable either I'm like really pretty neutral when it comes to Brie I mean I I get that like her mom (laughs) was insufferable in the past but I actually think we've seen some real growth in Roxanne which is nice but people hate Brie they hate her family and they think Devoin's cute so that has resulted in like a lot of people gassing him up on Instagram all Devoin does is complain about the fact that he doesn't get enough attention on this show. Now, he will constantly bring up the fact like, how come we see Javi and Lauren and we see Ryan and Mackenzie, but we don't get to see me. Here's the reason why. And I I don't really get why Devoin doesn't get this. <laughs> like, it seems very obvious to me. The reason is because he didn't fucking come around for multiple years Brie came back on this show in what 2017 did they add Brie my first year doing feathers in my hair I really think they might have I think she might have been added when I because this show came out at the beginning of 2017 I think Brie was added that year so you know for the first two to three seasons that Brie was back on the show Devoin didn't exist. He did not come around. He wouldn't show up. Remember, like, he was living on Bree's couch when she got that surgery in Miami. Remember him coming down to Miami? <laughs> that was so fucking funny. Him just like riding in the car with the gang to go save Bree from Javi. <laughs> oh, God, that was so funny. But, like, 
even when he was living on her couch, we still didn't see him that much because he didn't do anything for Nova. So Bree's storyline, her universe, if you will, as I've called them in the past, simply revolves around her mom and sister, right? Like those are the extra characters in Bree's story. That's why we got a Bree being Brittany. Didn't we? That aired, right? Being Brittany. Like that's also why we got um that like finding our brother special that I never watched. It's because Brie and Roxanne are essentially um, Brie's like side characters where in different segments, in different universes, the baby dad acts as a side character. I think if Devoin had been very active when Brie first came back on the show, we would see a lot more of him. But the reality is, is that we developed a Brie storyline that we've been following that really does not include Devoin, for the most part. I mean, it has more in the last couple seasons, but before that, it just didn't include Devoin. And if you'll notice, now that Devoin is coming around so much more, we are actually seeing him more on the show. <laughs> He's getting his scenes with his friends. Uh, we still haven't seen his girlfriend. We haven't really gone to his house much. We did see Nova and Devoin cooking, right? Was that on the show or did I like see that on Instagram? I I don't know. It all it all blurs together. But he's just so mad that he's not treated the same as the other dads. But like, I hate to say it, but the reality is, is like, you're just not a main character on this show. And that's because of your actions. It's because you don't come around or you didn't come around. And the fact that he doesn't recognize this is like infuriating to me. And he also is somebody who bitches every fucking week about the edit that MTV gives him. So it's like, okay, so quit so quit but you know he can't quit because I don't think Devoin has a job that's outside of Teen Mom which I don't hate whatever like if I was I bet they're making a pretty penny off of Teen Mom now and if I was doing that I wouldn't fucking work either (laughs) like not hating on him for that but you don't have to be on this show you're a very very side character on this show the show would easily exist without you on screen now they would still talk about you all the time a la Adam or Ryan when he wasn't filming, I'm sure will be next season when he's out on the show. Uh, I keep will like remember that for a second that the Edwards are gone and just get so annoyed with me. (laughs) Just so annoyed. But if Devoin was around as much as he says he wants to be, they would show him more because he'd be a more important part of Bree's universe. I mean, we also don't see Lewis, right? Like, we're not following Lewis around at work. Um, we don't see Jeremy that much. We will occasionally get scenes of Jeremy, right? Like, we essentially get as many Jeremy scenes as we do Devoin scenes. And even, like, when he first left Lee and was, like, still in the show more, we still didn't get that much of him in contrast to Corey. And it's because Corey was always the main character in Leah's storyline and Jeremy kind of came and went. Year, <laughs> holy shit! Siri went off on my watch. I'm not sure why or how. That I jumped. <laughs> That's, but I think actually why it scared me so much. I think it was talking through my computer because suddenly I'm like this Apple bitch who has every Apple product, even though I don't like any of them. I I don't know. I don't know, guys. I just have them all, and I think. Siri on my computer even though I have Siri turned off on my computer I actually don't use Siri ever I like to keep it off um 
but even though it's turned off on my computer, I think it picked up my watch and was speaking on my computer. That just scared me so fucking much. Anyway, Jeremy was just not ever really a main character on the show, so we didn't see that much of him outside of Leah, and that's what's going on with Devoin. And if Devoin continues to show up, I think that he'll continue to get scenes. I think that if his girlfriend wants to be on the show, I think we'll see her. You know, like, why wouldn't we? Oh, speaking of girlfriends, remember that girl that in Team Mom Young and Pregnant, Kayla's ex, uh, Stefan, was dating? Remember that girlfriend? She got arrested for drugs recently. And Kayla was like, now you guys see why I didn't want her around my kid. <laughs> I was like, that's a good told you so. I mean, it's a little immature and petty, but it's a good told you so. So, yeah, Devoin's whole whole sadness in life is that MTV doesn't show him the way that he thinks they should be that he should be shown and ah, this is hard to talk about because in Kale's second episode Devoin shows up I'll just talk about it now whatever and then I'll go back I guess so you know he they fly to Atlanta so that they can do this podcast in person and Lindsay's like are people gonna like be mad at us it's like Lindsay shut the fuck up is there anybody worse on this planet earth than Lindsay Chrisley I she grates in a way that's like like she triggers something in me (laughs) I for somebody that has no impact on my life whatsoever and literally the only time I hear or see her is if she pops up on Teen Mom or I have to listen to an episode of Coffee Convos because I don't know Leah talks about fucking Jeremy on there or whatever I feel like for some reason I almost always listen to the Leah episodes of Coffee Convos. Remember Leah's podcast? (laughs) Everybody does a podcast until they realize it's fucking annoying to do a podcast every week. (laughs) Then they stop doing a podcast. I think she did it with Jason. I wonder, actually, I think I saw, I think Jason's married. I think I saw Jason get married. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. But they meet up with Devoin in Atlanta so they can, like, film in person and take pictures, which, like, okay, fine. And Devoin is talking about, well, first of all, he does acknowledge that he's called Devon because he, like, stopped correcting people. Um, But he does say, like, even after I corrected all of my teachers and stuff, they still didn't get it right. So I just stopped correcting people, which sucks and isn't fair and people shouldn't have to do that. I still believe that... Bree and her family should be making an effort to call him Devoin. I understand that it's hard if, like, if Bree was introduced to him as Devon, like, not she heard his name was Devoin, but then called him the wrong thing because she couldn't pronounce it. Like, if Bree was introduced to him as Devon, he's being called by his friends as Devon. He they know him as Devon. Devon never corrects them. And then like randomly they hear that actually his name is Devoin and that's what he likes to go by. I can understand that being hard, but at the same time I really do think that you should respect people's names and even if it's difficult they should be making an attempt to correctly say his name because it's not that hard. Yes, it's hard to correct saying a name that you've known for a long time and calling a person by a different name, but like you can do it, you know, like (laughs) I have trans friends and family members that I now call them by a different name. It's fine. It, it, it's doable. You just have to try. And I think Brie and her family's like complete lack of effort for trying now that Devoin has made it clear that that's what he wants to be called. 
I think is a problem. Um, once again, I think MTV could be doing more to make this clear. I didn't like that when Brie was making fun of him or like scolding him, she called him by Devoin. Did you notice that in the last episode? She's like, Devoin forgot to pick her up. Um, it's like, so you know his name. <laughs> so you know what his name is. So fucking call him that. But I was glad that he at least cleared up that like it wasn't Bree's fault because <laughs> people online always say that Bree at a reunion said that she knew that was his name, but she didn't like it. So she decided to call him Devon, which to me always seemed incredible. I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> like that doesn't ring true to me. And I'm just not surprised that it is what I've always suspected. He was being called the wrong name in school. He stopped correcting people. That's what his friends called him. That's how Brie met him. So that's what they kept calling him. But he does say that that's what he likes to be called, Devoin. This segment was very weird because obviously they chopped the shit out of it, right? Like, I'm assuming Devoin talked on this podcast for 30 minutes to an hour. I think her podcast isn't that long and she does a shit ton of ads. So I bet. It was like a 30 to 45 minute conversation would be my guess. We, of course, saw like two minutes of it. And, you know, (laughs) I actually thought it was funny that Lindsay Chrisley like did not have a lot of empathy for him. He's talking about so they're talking about Brianna. By the way, I noticed that I call Brie, Brianna and Brianna. I don't know which one it is. I think Roxanne calls her Brianna, right? Is that like in my head, I can hear and see Roxanne saying Brianna. But if I see that name, I call, like my Philly accent is Brianna is how I would say that. By the way, <laughs> guys, did you watch Mare? Are you guys Mare fans? I'm a Mare fan. Just so you know, one of my neighbors had a speaking role on Mare. She played the mom of the girl who... Uh, beat up Aaron, you know, like the girl that was dating Dylan. She played that girl's mom. She had a couple scenes, really proud of her. My mom was like telling me that our neighbor was on Mare and I figured she meant like an extra on the show. And so when I found out she had a speaking role. I was like, oh, that's actually cool shit. Um, most of it was filmed in my town, if not my town. Towns that I've lived in and like neighboring towns. It Basically, it takes place technically in Delaware County, but it was shot in Chester County where I live. And oh my God, God, have we heard enough about this fucking accent. People are obsessed with this accent. (laughs) She did a pretty good job. Um, I will say as somebody who has a Philly accent, as you all know, mine isn't that bad. Um, I because I live a little further out. Also, my mom is not from the Philadelphia area, which I think impacts it too. And like my dad's family doesn't do regional accents really they they all speak with that like I don't know the upper class thing of the northeast the mid-atlantic what's it called that Kate Hepburn had like I would imagine that's probably what my grandfather's family sounded like more than any sort of uh like uh deep Philadelphia accent but I obviously have one and I think Kate did like a good job she did a I mean all things considered she did a good job I'm not quite sure why people are like so fucking obsessed with her accent like so obsessed with it and it's been talked about so much and I saw this like idiotic headline from the New York Times the other day that 
ooh, was tough. It used John in the wrong way. Like, it was just trying to be this, like, commentary on the Philadelphia accent that it was not. It was actually embarrassing. But so I will say Kate did good. She did get water down, which I don't say water, if you'll ever notice. I do say water. Um, she did get water, but like she emphasized when I actually laughed out loud in the first episode when she said overdosed, she said it like that. It made me really laugh. And she also, and they all kept saying daughter, like daughter, their daughter, they were doing the water sound in daughter, which (laughs) sounded really fucking weird. But in general, like she did a pretty good job. I don't think it's a particularly hard accent to do. It's just a long O on things and like dropping your T in the middle of words like uh, Mountain or Martin, like and doing like a weird N at the end. Um, Also like a a hard A where a word should be an O in some places. (laughs) But yeah, I loved Mare. Love, love, loved Mare. I fucking love a mini series. Like I love a limited series. I'm still angry that they brought Big Big Little Lies back for season two. I only watched like the first episode of it. I was like, I'm not interested in season two of this. Season one was so perfect. And I love Kate Winslet and I thought she did a great job. And it was fun to see like my like to look at places and be like, oh, my God, that's Coatesville. That's in Coatesville. That's so cool. Detour again. And there's a really loud car out sitting at the light. My dad's place is right on the main road. And there's one main road on Long Beach Island that runs essentially the whole island. And the lights are not on sensors. It's really annoying. So you cars sit just we're at a light and cars just sit at the light for like extended periods of time because the lights aren't on sensors and it takes a long time to turn green. And so it can be really fucking loud in here. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, so Devoin. <laughs> I'm like, do I do I do a podcast about Teen Mom? <laughs> Is that something that I do? I'm not. Sh- I'm not quite sure that I do a Teen Mom podcast. I think this is actually a Mayor of Easttown commentary. <laughs> I get people to ask me that to recap fictional stuff a lot. Like on my Patreon, I'll people request me talk about fictional things. And I I just can't. I just am not. I don't know how to like do that in an entertaining way. That's just not for me. By the way, the other show that I'm fucking obsessed with right now is <laughs> ABC Families. Well, what's it called now? Freeform Cruel Summer. It's on Hulu. It's almost over. There are only two episodes left, so you can start to watch it. I'm, I watch it. I thought the whole thing was released at once, and it wasn't. I was mad. But I love this teen girl show it is so good it's very clever I think the acting is actually like incredible so I cannot recommend Cruel Summer enough I'm like hooked on Cruel Summer suddenly I'm like watching all of these weekly shows which is weird I was watching Mare, Cruel Summer, Handmaids I'm still watching Handmaids Tale are you guys still watching Handmaids Tale I feel like they're about 72 of us left still watching Handmaid's Tale. I think I'm just going to have to watch it till the bitter end. Like it's torture porn and it has been since mid season two, but I just, I love it. It's not, it's not great. And yet, and yet I'm crying all these episodes. One thing I had June do with Luke in last week's episode, that was, that was a, a choice by the writers. And I'm watching Hacks on HBO Max, which is dropping two episodes at a time. I'm really liking Hacks, but I will say if you have not started Hacks, you should wait. 
and watch them when they like all come out. I think it'll work a lot better as a binging show. I think in general, half hour comedies for me work much better as a binge. I just think like a light, funny 30 minute show is so great to watch nine episodes in a row. And when you're watching one or two at a time, it just doesn't hit the same way. At least that's how I feel. (laughs) Oh, God. This is probably the worst episode of Feathers in My Hair I've ever done. (laughs) Oh, my God. Please don't message me to tell me it's the worst episode. I know. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Devoin is bitching about the fact that he doesn't get to see Bree or uh, Nova as much as he wants. And so they're talking about like how they... Brie and Devon met he's like well we met on social media and Kalen was like oh so like after she got pregnant you were on board with helping raising the baby and all that and I'm like Kale did you watch their 16 and pregnant and teen mom three season one Devoin says absolutely now don't get me wrong when she was pregnant I def didn't grasp the fact that we're not together but it's still your kid and you have to do your shit You mean until Nova was seven, you didn't grasp that (laughs) when she was pregnant? Get the fuck out of here, Devoin. Please get the... It's just ridiculous. Um, So they cut really quick to, what do you like to do? And I was like, wait, what? They didn't respond to that? And then my dumbass realized that they were just editing a long podcast into a short segment. Devoin says he has a pretty good relationship with Nova, which I think is... um, a weird thing for a parent to say. It's so casual. Like, I would say I have, like, a pretty good relationship with my boss. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's, like, pretty good. Like, it's not, we're not best friends, but, like, he, I think he likes me. Like, I think it's pretty good. Like, that's how I feel about my boss. Um, I think that you should feel more passionate about your relationship with your children. I don't think any full-time parent would describe their relationship with their 10-year-old. I think Nova's 9 or 10. Their 10-year-old is pretty good. I just think it's a weird way to talk about your kid. Like, I feel like if you have a hard relationship with your child, you say, you know, sometimes it can be a real struggle. Like, we really... She is really hard-headed and she's stubborn, but that also makes her so smart and funny, blah, 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 blah. Like, just the like, oh, yeah, we're, we're it's pretty good. Like, okay. <laughs> and it's like he's talking about a friend is always how I feel when he's talking about Nova, which, I mean, it's because he doesn't parent her, right? So they're talking about Devoin's friends and... Devoin says, like, you know, most of my friends are fathers. Well, first, Lindsay says, well, you know, we're both mothers, so I think we understand it from the perspective of mom, so it's nice to hear the father's side. And I'm like, is it? I mean, is it nice? <laughs> I I guess. And Devoin says, you know, most of my friends are fathers. We're all dealing with the same thing. He's like, some of them are worse than me. I'm not the most perfect person, but seeing how freely their baby moms give them their kids, I'm like, well, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm not a felon. I ain't got nothing on my record. Like, why won't you just throw her at me? (laughs) Okay. Devoin, shut the fuck up. First of all, first of all. What do you mean you don't have a record? What are you talking about? Now, 
I don't think his record is like anything to hold against him. I think he mostly got in trouble for weed, which like I don't give a fuck. I do think that he um, was quite immature while on probation and did not do a good job of not smoking weed so that he wouldn't get put in jail. But for him to say he doesn't have a record, I'm like, I think that's like not a factual statement. Like you, you have a record. It might be bullshit, but you have one. Also to like bring up his friends, baby mothers, like what? And then when he's like, they're worse than me. I'm like, you know what it reminded me of? Okay. (laughs) One of my worst things about me, one of the worst qualities about me is that I fucking love the show Girls on HBO. It's there, it is so bad. It's so Lena Dunham is truly the worst, but for whatever reason, that's like a comfort show for me. It hits. And in the first episode of that show, Hannah Horvath's parents take her out to dinner to tell her that she's being cut off and they can't afford to pay her rent anymore. And she goes, like, I could be a drug addict. Like, so many people I know are drug addicts. Like, you're so lucky that I'm not a drug addict. Like, that's what Tavoin reminded me of. Like, I could be worse. Okay. But you could also be significantly better. Like, when I could be worse. That's a wild thing to say when it comes to, like, your relationship with your child. Um, Like, yeah, I'm... I'm sure you could be worse, but we shouldn't like, what your friends and also like what your friends do has nothing to do with you. And this is actually where I was like, OK, Lindsay Chrisley, Lindsay goes, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how cut up this was, but she's like, well, I think that's why Kale always says that it's like so important to have a custody agreement and things on paper. Right. Like, don't you always say that it's like so important that you default to the paper? <laughs> <laughs> the paperwork and Devoin doesn't say anything. I don't know if he says something in the episode, but you know, once again, this is just another reminder that Devoin can spend all of the time he wants bitching, but he doesn't care enough to go to court and get a custody order. If he really wanted to be seen Nova every other weekend, the courts would give it to him. I mean, he has been present in Nova's life for a few years now. He's been pretty stable. He has a stable income. He has a safe home. Maybe he wouldn't get overnights right away, but I kind of think he would. Like, I think that if he went in front of a judge now and they talked to little Nova, who loves her dad and loves to spend time with him, I don't see any way in which Devoin does not get, like, a pretty decent visitation schedule like in every like I can see him having a classic dad of like every other weekend type of custody schedule and dinners on Wednesday I don't do they still do that are there still people that have custody agreements like that that was really common when I was a kid a dad having other every other weekend and then they would have dinner on Wednesdays do you remember like it was always Wednesdays that the dinner was but I don't I think people do 50 50 now I guess so they don't really do every other weekend wasn't it the worst when like one of your friends would be at their dad's house on the weekend you're and they like couldn't come over because they had to go to their dad's or like you went to their dad's house and it was like weird and it was like can we just go back to your mom's house or opposite um yeah but I think Devoin could get a very regular custody schedule because he does have an established relationship with Nova and as he said like on paper, he's pretty much fine as far as we know. He has a criminal record, yeah, but it's misdemeanors and it's from a little while ago. 
And I think that any judge would be more than willing to at least give him like regular visitation that maybe even is supervised, although I doubt it. But like, I don't really see why he wouldn't be able to get overnights, but he does not care because if he goes and gets custody, then he won't be able to blame Bree when he doesn't want to parent anymore and wants to dip out. Okay, so let's talk about Kale's first episode, I guess, which is, oh, goodness gracious. Basically, she's worried about Isaac because Isaac doesn't have his activities right now. Lincoln is playing football and is really into football. Um, I was kind of shocked to see Lincoln playing tackle football. Lincoln's little. By the way, like, tackle football shouldn't be a sport anymore, right? Like, have we all agreed on that? (laughs) I say this as someone who watches the NFL, so, uh, like, I am a hypocrite for this. As I've always said, I'm nothing if not a hypocrite, but I would never let a child of mine play tackle football. Ever. And yeah, I know concussions definitely happen in every other sport and like look at me loving gymnastics, but I I feel like in general, in a lot of places, I'm sure not everywhere, but in a lot of places, tackle football is really on its way out because they wouldn't they you know, one of my friends who played football in college loved football. He's like, no, my kid's not playing football. He's a football coach, a high school football coach. He's like, no, I don't think that'll be happening because it's just so bad for your body and your brain. Speaking of CTEs, a podcast recommendation is The Line podcast. It's by Dan Cherbowski, who did the Missing Richard Simmons podcast, which was not that great. It started off really strong and then had a really bad ending. It just really, really fell off. He also did a series called Running from Cops, which was really interesting. It was all about um, the show Cops and the show Live PD and like how those operate and how they exploit people. I would say Running from Cops is very good. Missing Richard Simmons was the first one. It was like pretty good. Um, It kind of fell apart at the end. Running from Cops was the second one, and that was definitely better and really interesting. Um, And then, but that was more of like an anthology in his newest one, The Line, it's about Navy SEALs, which I didn't think I would care about, but it was really fucking interesting. Like really, it was, in my opinion, very, very well done. It's actually pretty short. It's seven or eight episodes long. The episodes are like 40 minutes. I listened to it driving to Virginia, like, and I had time left over. I listened to the whole thing. Like he's really learned how to, by the end of the series, I was like, yeah, I agree with you, Dan. Like, it was really good. There's CTE talk in there. That's why I just thought of it. Also, I was really into, I listened to I'm Not a Monster about this woman. (laughs) Okay, you all need to listen to I'm Not a Monster. Actually, I need to text Tomlin right now to tell her to listen to this because I need Tomlin to tell me her thoughts on it. Okay, I texted Tomlin and Jesse, two of my girls, uh, because I need their opinions on it. But basically, it's about this American woman who ends up in Syria, but swears she's not an ISIS fighter. The whole thing is one of those, like, do you believe her? Do you not type of series? Um, It's really quick. It's actually very, very short episodes. They're 30 minutes long. I listened to it very quickly, but it's really good. I highly suggest it. It's just like, what? Like, the story is so weird and wild that I have a very strong conclusion on what I like. I know what I believe to be true, but I've read some people have differing takes. So, yeah, that's called I'm Not a Monster. I recommend that. 
Okay. Those are my podcasts. So I recommended some TV shows. I recommended some podcasts. I did read the Housewives book by Brian Moylan. It was pretty good. Um, I don't think there was anything revolutionary in there. And I will say he got random shit wrong. I guess I didn't have... I don't know. He like didn't have somebody who obsessively cares about Bravo do a read through on it, I guess, because like he says, um, the dinner where Aviva threw her leg took place at like Chimpriani's or whatever that restaurant is called. But everybody knows that happened at Le Cirque, like famously because Aviva had her wedding to Harry Dubin there. Like these these are facts. You know, these are facts that we know. And he got like little random things like that wrong. But in general, it was good. It was interesting. I would say it's worth the read through if you care about Housewives. Okay. Oh, so Kale's first episode. uh, Lincoln is playing football. Isaac is really good at basketball and Taekwondo. But those are both indoor sports. So they're not being done. So Kale is trying to get him a hobby. She says that Isaac is really smart and so he gets like bored easily and I guess Joe was like that too which I was I was like is Joe smart (laughs) I mean like I mean I believe her when she says that but I don't think that was something we knew to be true oh by the way I saw an article about Joe that was alleging that he had like a huge portfolio of real estate once again like I just am never sure what I believe about Joe (laughs) I don't know why I just I just don't I think it's because people hate Kale so much that they're willing to be like Joe is an incredibly hard worker and I'm always like but is he but is he but I mean according to this Sun article or whatever is on he's doing quite well for himself so if that is the case good for him I mean they're affording to live without him being on the show so I guess they're doing okay Isaac looks so much like Joe I, I always felt like Isaac actually looked a lot like Kale, but he looks so much like Joe now. Oh, my gosh. But she decides that Isaac's new hobby can be letting him design his bathroom in the new house. Like, this is what we're doing on this show. This is, this is what we're doing. We're watching an 11-year-old pick out tiles. <laughs> we have lost the plot. <laughs> The thing with Kale, though, is that, like, even when Kale's being boring, I'm kind of always down to keep Kale on the show. Like, I'm not calling for Kale's head because, like, Kale's drama lurks, right? Like, at any moment, Kale will get actually arrested, not just, like, family court arrested. Like, she will get a mugshot and, like, Chris will maybe burn her house down and then she maybe will burn his house down. Like, I I feel like the drama pulsates under kale in a way that I'm like willing to kind of give her like a little leeway is being born on the show because I have hopes that it could be better as opposed to her dear friend Leah Messer Sims Calvert Messer who I guys if Leah doesn't get off this fucking show I don't know what I'm gonna do but it's not gonna be pretty I have never in my time of watching this show been less interested in what somebody has to say and do it's somebody on Twitter I'm sorry I don't remember your name I'm gonna make this the title of the episode because it was really funny said that this episode was are you there God it's me Leah which is true like it is it is so unnatural 
It is so boring. It is so weird. I do not care one iota about Leah giving her girls the period talk. What the fuck are we doing here? (laughs) First of all, don't make your daughters have the period talk on camera. Like, could could these girls have one shred of dignity allotted to them in their life just like one they they were born on television Allie's entire medical history has been on television like can they not have one moment where they don't have to like be embarrassed on television I'm pretty sure by the way when Leah went to talk (laughs) Leah and Victoria met up and basically were like yeah our mom didn't tell us anything about our periods we both thought we were dying when we got them so I want our girls to like feel differently um I don't my mom like we talked about periods not like so explicitly like I was definitely aware of periods and what they were when I was like in third-ish grade also like I had that American Girl book (laughs) remember that book my what was it called my body that American Girl book was classic I also had a friend whose mom was like super into giving her books about like the reproductive system and shit like that um so I read a lot of those at her house it was just something that I knew about so when I got it when I was in eighth grade I it didn't it didn't scare me Uh, but I mean I'm not surprised that Leah and Oreo were scared because Dawn obviously didn't teach them anything about life if you'll remember from her book Leah after the first time she had sex like convinced herself she was pregnant because she didn't really know how you get pregnant and she was what wasn't she like 11 when that happened or 13 that was dark that was I mean Leah's life is dark but she talks to Victoria about it I will say Leah actually looked very pretty in that scene I feel like I've been really hard on Leah's looks this season I don't necessarily mean like her I don't I don't mean her physical features. I mean her makeup, her hair, her clothes, like the influencer thing she's doing. It just looks so weird and unnatural. And the way she's drawing on her eyebrows is really unsettling to me. But in this episode, she like in this scene, she had on like this brown leather jacket and aviators and her hair looked like a nice color. And I was like, okay, Leah, you figured it out here. I'm pretty sure (laughs) that... Victoria called this so Leah's like I want to have a talk with them about periods and Victoria says what kind of talking do you mean like minstrel talking I really think she said minstrel (laughs) that's tough that's really tough uh yikes yikes like I even rewound it to listen again and I don't think that was her accent I think she said minstrel I wonder what's going on with Victoria's baby dad. I wonder if they're like together. Do you think they consider themselves together? I don't know. Also, it was the girl's 11th birthday. They had a little party on Zoom, which was cute. In the first episode, it's just Leah quarantining because Jeremy gets COVID. If you guys didn't know, Jeremy uh, was definitely a COVID denier. He bought a bar like at some point during this and his bar got fined for not following COVID regulations And I did like the one moment where Corey, (laughs) the one interesting thing that happened in Lori's, Lori and Leah's segments in both episodes was Corey is like giving a little interview and he said, he says, um, he's like, you know, it's not like I don't co-parent with Jeremy, but I kind of do co-parent with Jeremy because I co-parent with Leah who co-parents with Jeremy and what Jeremy does can affect us sometimes. 
And, you know, like we're really serious about COVID over here. And um, I don't know how he got like basically just being like, fuck Jeremy. Jeremy is an asshole who wasn't following COVID regulations and possibly exposed our medically fragile daughter to COVID. Which, yeah, you should be pissed about that, Corey. You should be pissed. I also like how Leah was like, I have done everything to not get COVID. And I'm like, well, have you? Like, I mean, you you haven't. Like, you Leah's done pretty well. Like, and we all could only do our best. But, like, she did take a vacation to Florida in June with Allie. She has been on a couple other vacations. She is letting a bunch of MTV people into her home every day. Uh, She was letting the girls go to school in person. If not Allie, like the other girls were still going. Um, You know, I just need people to like stop pretending like they're perfect. And I wouldn't say that's something Leah normally does. So I just it's like, Leah, just say that you've tried really hard. Like I've I've tried hard to to limit our exposure. By the way, um, I'm not wearing a mask anymore, and I fucking love it. I am I, like I mean I wear one if if I am in a place where masks are required. Of course, I'm not an anti-masker by any means, but I really trust the science of the vaccine. I trust that I am not going to be spreading the vaccine or the vaccine that I'm not going to be spreading the virus. And I understand that for the most part masks, especially the cloth masks that I wear, really only protect you from spreading it. They don't protect you from getting it. So the CDC says that we don't need to wear masks if we're fully vaccinated. I'm trusting in that. I I think it sucks that we had to spend a year like terrifying people into wearing masks. I started wearing one like a full month before they came out with the mandates. I ordered them on Etsy like very early in the pandemic because I remember being like, well, because I was like obsessed with the pandemic, like starting in January. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I was, I was like really obsessed with it. I was following somebody who was really obsessed with it. And like in February, mid-February, I like bought a bunch of supplies for it. And I remember I went to my friend's birthday party that night. It was like the last one of the last events I did. And it was mid-February. And I was like, well, I, I bought some stuff for it today. And everyone's like, what? Like one of the girls there still had a, a trip to China scheduled at the time for work. So like I was kind of always on this like COVID is really serious wave and I bought a mask very early. I've worn a mask every single day at work. I wear a mask every store. I keep I have a million masks. I keep them everywhere, but I trust the vaccine. And so I'm not wearing them in places that I'm not required to wear them. And I feel great about it. I'm really happy to be doing that. Um, I think that everybody should just do it to their comfort level. Of course, and I have a lot of empathy for people who are scared because they have had a year of people like telling them if they don't wear a mask, they're going to die or they're going to kill other people. And I also understand like not trusting the government's messaging after this crazy year. And I get that like there's been a cultural shift for people and that it's really hard to like go back. But once I like went into a store without a mask and was like, "Mm, okay, I guess I can do this now. I guess I'll be doing this. I mean, I still wear it for the most part, like walking around um, like at work in the hallway and in like in some stores, 
uh, like restaurants. Like I've seen a lot of I've like when I've gone to pick up uh, takeout for lunch at work, there are quite a few restaurants that still require. I bring it every time I leave my house and like every time I'm about to go into the store, like I make sure I have it. But for the most part, I haven't been wearing it because I'm vaccinated and I trust the vaccine. I trust science and I don't want to like stop like get so paranoid that I'm no longer trusting science. I think that's not a healthy place to be. And I also don't know anything about anything. (laughs) So when the epidemiologists and the professionals say if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask to that, I say, okay, great. I trust you, baby. Um. Like I said, I think everybody should do it at their comfort level, but that's where I am. I'm feeling comfortable trusting the vaccine. I'm still not sure when I'll feel totally comfortable to like get on a plane and like really resume life as normal. Um, obviously, like I've been to Virginia, I'm coming down the shore, but I, I, I'm not sure when I'll be like totally back to normal, but this step towards normalcy has been really refreshing for me. Um, okay, so yeah, Leah is Judy Bloom and just cares. That's who did Are You There, Margaret, right? That's a Judy Bloom book. Yeah, that's a Judy Bloom book. All right, so oh, and Kale's picking out tiles. I talked about that. Jade. Okay, so <laughs> this is a weird, a weird two episodes for Jade. Um, off camera, Sean proposes and Jade doesn't say no but doesn't say yes the ring that big ass ugly ring that sean got her that he says is a salary's worth of a ring and i said that's probably not a good idea if that's true that um that ring doesn't fit her and that's why she's not wearing i don't know it's so weird sean keeps saying that he proposed because he wants to prove to Jade that he's serious about their relationship and that he wants to be with her forever and he doesn't want to be with anybody else and he wants to make that known. Where I'm sitting, I'm like, why don't you just do that with your actions? (laughs) Like, why don't you just spend a year showing up every day and like being reliable and being a caring partner? Like, why your mind goes to getting and engaged I don't quite understand Jade is essentially thinking the same thing as me but so Jade and I agree on that but to Jade I say like why are you with this guy that you've been engaged to before that you have all of this history with that you do not seem to like because I swear to God they do not like one another they do not enjoy spending time with one another they've just been together a really long fucking time why Jade continues to I don't want to say lead him on. Um, I don't know if I love that phrase for this situation because I think that Sean is not serious about this. Like, I think to say that Jade is leading Sean on would imply that Sean is actually serious about, like, wanting to be married to Jade. But I don't think he just wants a place to live like Sean truly is with Jade for a place to live. And I want to shake Jade awake and be like, you see this, right? Like, you see this? And the producers keep being like, so are you guys together? And Jade says, what is Jade? She says, we're homies, I think is her answer. She also says of the proposal, it was so random. (laughs) Like, guys, what are you doing here? What? I mean, I know what Sean's doing. Like I said, Sean wants to live somewhere. Jade also says that 
uh, or Sean says that he low key proposed. I'm like, well, I think you need to high keep her to propose. <laughs> Jade's friend comes over and they're like explaining this to her. And she's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And she goes, so it's a promise ring. <laughs> and Sean's like, no. And it's like, well, I mean, like, I think it is. Jade said she's not ready to be someone's fiance and either is Sean. And it's like, okay, the thing that drives me up a fucking wall about Jade is every goddamn episode, we have to hear about how she's taking it slow with Sean and they're in the best place they've ever been. So they just aren't going to rush. And then like Sean is living at her house and like they're engaged. And I bet if that ring fit, she would wear it. Like I though I did like that. Jade said that she wouldn't get married without a prenup. Was it good for you, Jade? She also said that she probably um wouldn't get married at all. She's like, I don't know if I'm interested in like legally getting married to someone. I was like, smart girl. So Jade's going to get her Brazilian butt lift. She's going to Miami. Um, she has a weird consultation with a nurse. She's never met the surgeon. She will not meet him until an hour before her surgery. I understand traveling for plastic surgery. I don't think that's a bad idea, especially for something like a BBL, which did you know that's like one of the most dangerous, the most dangerous plastic surgery you can get? I did not know that. And somebody I saw someone comment that somewhere and I was like, I don't think that's true, but it is. It is true. And it's really dangerous and a lot of doctors won't do it. And I do think that if you're getting plastic surgery, you should go to the most expensive and the best doctor you can. And I think that if you live in Indiana, maybe there's not a renowned BBL artist in Indiana. So it makes sense to go to Miami, not to Dr. Miami, but to go to Miami where like Miami or LA or New York, I guess. Like if I got my nose done, I would probably go to New York to get it done. I mean, there are good doctors in Philly, but I feel like a lot of people I know like go to New York to get it done, to go to better doctors. I So I get it, but I... <laughs> I can't quite understand like not having a consultation with your doctor. That to me was like a major red flag. Jade also just like repeatedly is asking for Xanax. Here's the thing. Jade is a f- Jade does drugs. And I can tell because I know what she's doing. Like Jade's asking for pills here and she's doing it in a way that if you're not um, a pill head or a doctor shopper, you may not notice, but it's something that I did. I was, I doctor shop for a long time. I uh, famously can get anything I want from doctors and I famously like help my friends get drugs from doctors, but not, I've had people be like, oh, can you help me like ask um, what I should get, like how to get Xanax or how I can get pain pills. I'm like, no, that's not, I'm not going to help you do that. But I have a lot of friends that have asked me like, hey, how do I get a doctor to give me like anti-anxiety medicine, like an SSRI? And I teach them. I've taught friends throughout my life how to get things from the doctor. And really the main way you do it is you just say that you want it. But Jade is doing, you can't just say that you want um, like narcotics. You can't be like, can I just get some pain pills uh or can I get some Xanax usually you have to like beat around the bush a little bit and so if you'll notice Jade kept going 
I have a panic disorder. Like, did you did you see my chart? My doctor wrote like, oh, she's fucked up. Like, she has so much anxiety. I'm going to have a lot of anxiety. I'm going to have a lot of anxiety. Like, uh, is that okay? Like, just so you know, my blood pressure gets really high. She was waiting for them to be like, don't worry. We'll give you Xanax before surgery, which I'm sure they do. Brie even says, like, they'll probably give you something when you get there to calm you down, which I think is very common for surgeries that they, especially if you're flipped out they'll just like give you a little benzo to get you into the the operating room like I'm sure they'll do that for her but she just kept doing it over and over with the nurse and like she kept mentioning her doctor and I was like Jade wants pills like <laughs> I see what she's doing here I see it I mean I'm sure Jade has a Xanax prescription like considering her panic disorder is as bad as she says it is I'm sure she has some sort of benzo prescription but I just I found that intro it just like pinged something for me you know like a game recognizes game type of way I was like oh yeah that that sounds right <laughs> something I used to do when I like just you like emphasize certain things and you have to do it in like a certain way and it also really helps when you can like um use your other doctor as like credibility for you <laughs> there's like something things are not right in jade land for me like nothing quite makes sense about jade and i do think it's because she uses drugs and we just don't see it and she's like functioning i'm using that in quotation marks and that she can like hold down a job but like nothing else in her life is functioning her whole family is going to miami which i was like what I I don't I truly do not understand this Sean is going okay that makes sense her mom is going her dad is going Chloe's going I think she said her grandma is going I guess they're all using this as like a reason to take a vacation to Miami but like that doesn't seem like a good idea to me like Jade hates her parents like they are not reliable I don't know like leave Chloe with your grandma for a few days and then like Brie and Shirley show up and Brie's like we'll come by after I'm like what <laughs> who wants visitors after like major reconstructive not reconstructive but well is it reconstructive I don't know but after major body surgery on multiple parts of her body I think she's getting she said she's getting a BBL and then like I think she called it 360 lipo which I guess means like lipo everywhere and then I think they're also doing like a breast lift and maybe in fat injections into her breasts I liked how she was like I just you know I just thought I'd be curvier when I grew up <laughs> I was like okay Okay. Yeah, sure. We all did. I don't know. I, I just like my empathy levels for caring about Jade being flipped out about a, a surgery that she does not need to do is quite low for me. And I just can't understand like why she said that her mom's going to pick up her meds for her. And I said, really, Christy, you're going to let Christy get a, a hand on your pills. Do you do you think that's a good idea? Sean? You're going to let Sean have access to your pills? They're going to give her serious opioids. Like, she's getting a major surgery. Why is she letting these drug addicts be around her pills? I mean, it's because they're everybody in her life, the only people who could take care of her drug addicts. But I feel like Jade has a lot of friends and, like, other family members we don't see. And I feel like it would actually... Oh, she also said her friend and her friend's son is coming. I think that friend who's uh, mother to Shakur, 
you know, little Shakur, which is, by the way, to name your child after Tupac when you are a white woman is ridiculous enough. But to change to choose the last name Shakur, which has like a major significance in the black liberation movement is just beyond. It is like it's jaw dropping to me that that little kid's name is Shakur. Like, come the fuck on. But I, it to me would make more sense for Jade to bring a trusted friend or cousin than to bring her drug addicted parents and boyfriend. <laughs> her very unreliable drug addicted parents and boyfriend. I, Jade, choices. Jade's making choices. All right, let's bring it home. Look at me. We talked for a little while today, guys. Did we talk about podcasts, Philadelphia accents, books, TV shows, not movies? I haven't really seen any movies lately. Here's the thing. I'm like desperate to go back to movie theaters. I cannot wait to go back to the movies, but there's nothing out that I want to see. I think it's probably going to be like, well, I guess Zola is going to come out in theaters. I do want to I don't know. I don't. How do you guys think Zola is going to be received? If you don't know, Zola is an A24 movie. It was written by um, Jeremy O'Hara Scott, I think his name is, or Jamie Scott O'Harris, who did a very controversial play called Slave Play that was on Broadway. Quite controversial. Um, there are a lot of really interesting takes about that, actually. I would suggest reading. But he adapted... Um, a viral Twitter thread from a few years ago, if you guys will remember, the Zola thread. I still use the phrase lost in the sauce, which I, I got from that thread. It was really funny in the moment. And then you realize it's about like sex trafficking and Zola is like actually not a good person and is like really exploited someone else. And it's I'm curious. I'm very curious about how they're going to shape this to see if it's I don't know I'm curious I I got good reviews out of Sundance I believe but I'm just not sure like how that's gonna hold up to a 2021 lens but I guess I'll probably see that in theaters I just want to go back to the movie theaters I miss going to the movies so much I love to go to the movies by myself get a little pretzel nuggets with a little cheese get a drink and just sit in the darkness. My ADD makes it not hard for me to watch movies. I definitely watch movies, but it makes it hard for me to uh, concentrate on a lot of stuff for like fully. So I'm always doing two things at once. And so I love to sit in a movie theater and like not look at anything but the screen. I also just remembered something else I'm watching on Hulu. I think it's on FX originally, but it's called Pride. It's a docu-series, a documentary series about gay history and it's really interesting it's not just like I don't know it's it's each episode is about like a specific theme one of them was about like radical lesbianism which was so fucking interesting it was so interesting I really really appreciated it the first episode was weird you have to stick through the first episode the first episode they do these weird like flashbacks and reenactments and I'm like I was really confused because the content was very good, but the reenactments were so weird that I couldn't quite wrap my head around it, but they lose those in the second episode. Um, The first episode is about like happy gay history, which I found very interesting and that not like we always think of like gay history as being like in the closet and sad and depressed. And they were showing like like 
gay people in the 40s and 50s who were happy with their lives. I thought that was a really interesting take. Uh, There's a really good episode on uh, drag and trans women. Like I said, a really good episode on lesbian pride. I believe the next one that just came out is on the AIDS crisis. I haven't watched that one yet. I think it's actually going through each. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure it's going 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So it's pride. I definitely recommend that. Obviously, it is pride month. And I think that while it's fun to dress up and to go to pride parades and to post on social media and to either participate in pride because you're part of the community or to be an ally. I think that's great. But I also think education is so important and learning our history is so important. I think that we think of a lot of things as lost to history that actually aren't. And I so I suggest watching stuff that is, you know, like most stuff. I feel like most documentaries on uh, like gay history really focuses on the AIDS crisis, which yeah, if you think about how many people died in the AIDS crisis, like it is one of the most important things that's happened ever in America, in my opinion. Um, it should get that attention, but I do think it's really good to see other history too. And it, I mean, the saddest fucking part is that the reason that we don't see a lot of that other history is because AIDS killed so many elders or what would now be elders, elders at the time and what would now be elders. It's actually like, I I don't really want to think about that right now because it really is very, very upsetting, but highly recommend Pride on FX slash Hulu. Okay, Ashley. In episode one, Ashley has decided that she is going to throw Barr a surprise party for celebrating his GED, and she decided to invite his family, even though she doesn't get along with them, and I don't know exactly what happened. Shen has been on social media, been like, that didn't happen that way. That was bullshit. That didn't happen that way. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I don't know. I'm sure it happened that way. Like, <laughs> I don't really think that Barr and Ashley are the type that would, um, that would like go along with a totally fake storyline like this. Like, of course, I think there's editing. Of course, I think that like weird shady shit happens, but like, with how forward they were being, uh, like, I believe that Shen ruined the surprise. Um, I felt sad for Barr. You know, at the end of this episode, he's talking about the fact that he's like, um, let's plan our wedding without my mom there. Like, let's move forward in planning it. That's tough. Like, that's really tough. I was like, why didn't we get to see the party? I, You know what? I bet it was COVID regulations. I bet the crew couldn't be there because it was inside and there were a bunch of people there. Like, um... Cynthia Bailey's wedding was supposed to be outside and it rained that day so they moved it inside and <laughs> it's like 200 people this was in October it was on 10 10 20 and Bravo didn't film it the crew like they they couldn't let the crew go in there and so I bet it was something like that but like we didn't even see any like flip cam footage like let, let's see the party, you know? Let's not just hear about the party. Chris was in this episode. We haven't seen Chris in a while. I like Chris. I would like Chris to be in more episodes. I think Chris is like a great voice of reason in Ashley's life. I think Chris is very calming. And I just, yeah, I think that Chris, like I like when Chris comes and shares. And I also think Chris is a very forgiving person. <laughs> like she's always encouraging Ashley to like, to 
live and let go and like it's water under the bridge and she's always here giving bar I just like Chris and we haven't seen her in a while the second episode is bar it has a court date coming up and it's for his DUI which he calls just the DUI and Ashley is like don't call it just a DUI a DUI is very serious which I was glad to hear I don't know if she was just like aware that the cameras were there and how that would sound but basically what Barr is saying is like and she kind of clarifies this as Barr is like well why would I go to jail over DUI like it's just a DUI which I get I think that's not an uncommon mentality um but I mean DUI laws are getting struck I'm pretty sure in Pennsylvania now after your second it's automatic like county jail time you used to be able to get like four DUIs before you had to go to jail now I think it's after two I have like multiple friends in the restaurant industry that had like three to four DUIs it was wild like everybody I was at one restaurant I worked at I swear to god I was the only person that had a DUI and that was just by the grace of god that I didn't get one like I've talked about on this podcast probably my biggest regret when I think back about my addiction the things that I did is driving impaired it's horrendous I've always like there's no excuse for it whatsoever and it's truly by the grace of god higher power the universe whatever that I didn't hurt anybody and I'm grateful for that every day that I didn't hurt anybody else but it was really common in the restaurant industry for like everybody to have DUIs because a lot of people who work in the restaurant industry are alcoholics and I had friends that like had multiple DUIs like I knew multiple people at one point doing weekends at the county jail for their DUI (laughs) it was a mess it was a mess it was not good um bars like I just want this bracelet off I think his ankle bracelet is just like a scram machine like Lindsay Lohan had not like an ankle monitor not like a GPS monitor um Ashley does say something she goes out with her friend and (laughs) she goes you know I've never come home and been like oh no the cops are here guess what happened like you never guess what happened babe like I'm sorry the cops were here last night like I never caused that to happen and I'm like you're almost there, Ashley. Like, you almost get it. <laughs> when she said that, it's like, you are so close to getting it and yet still so far away. You're right, Ashley. That doesn't happen to you, which is why you should break up with Barr. I still want to know what happened with Barr and that gun charge and what's going to happen with that. That's fucking serious. That's really serious. I mean, obviously, we know he didn't go to jail for the DUI, but I wonder how long he lost his license for. Possibly a, a long time. Like I said, DUI's laws are getting stricter they absolutely should oh gosh it's just like when she says stuff like uh, Ashley wants us to think and I recognize this because this is something that I did like Ashley wants us to think that she knows how crazy this all is and she doesn't condone it but like she does condone it because she's still with him (laughs) And one day she'll get that. I hope. I hope one day she'll get that. Because until then, like, I'm not sure. Like, she's just going to keep looking like a fool. Like, as she said, she's going to let Barr keep embarrassing her. All right, guys, that's it for this, like, super wacky Feathers in My Hair episode. Listen to I'm Not a Monster and let me know what you think about the maybe ISIS, maybe not ISIS, true believer, 
American woman who ends up in Syria. <laughs> That's actually what I want to hear about. Listen to that and then come and comment on my Instagram about that. <laughs> this podcast, though, is just a podcast recapping other podcasts. It's very meta. Are there podcasts? Like, there must be podcasts that recap podcasts. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, if you want to come to my Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I did a grab bag episode last week where I talked about things like gymnastics and call her daddy. Oh, I also did a full episode on without a crystal ball. Just I'm not an expert on her, just my musings on without a crystal ball and all of her drama. And this week I'm doing a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills episode. So come join me over there. If not, I will talk to you on here next week. Let's let's all hope for uh some a main character to get arrested and or a really explosive episode (laughs) all right guys love you bye this podcast is brought to you by solid listen network find me on instagram at feathers underscore pod